And I am Corwin Heller. And uh, we are recording this uh, live, no, uh, February 8th, uh, 7 p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, the NFL Super Bowl is right around the corner, uh, which means that on Sunday, there was the Pro Bowl. Corwin, did you watch the Pro Bowl? I did not watch any of it. Yeah, I, I honestly did mean to. Like, sincerely did. Um, and then I didn't. Uh, in fairness to me, I had plans that were more entertaining. Um, but I was prepared to. I feel like I should count for something. I um, played golf instead, and that is so infinitely better. Did you did you watch any highlights um, or keep tabs on at all on any of the... Um, any of the events in themselves. Um, what was the one that I saw a clip of that I? It it's already been purged from my memory, so no. Fair enough. Uh, I I really did want to sit down and watch some of these elements. Um, they started actually the uh, the Thursday before, um, the Sunday, which is a nonsense sentence. It, Thursday, February second was was the first day of um. Pro Bowl events. So let's just kind of go through the events. I really, really did want to sit down and actually watch some of these um, so that we'd have more uh, to talk about. I guess we'll only be able to talk about them relatively ethereally as uh, neither one of us still devoted the attention. But I'll, I will say this is the most excitement I felt for the, for the Pro Bowl. Uh, this is the first time in years, maybe ever, I feel like I missed out by not watching Pro Bowl events. Hmm. Or, or, or I, I feel bad that i didn't watch the pro bowl i've never felt the inclination before this that's you know that. that's progress folks <laughs> that's progress. hey we're getting somewhere uh so the first events that were held on thursday february 2nd was the epic pro dodgeball uh multi-round tournament uh four teams of five players begins with offenses and defenses of the conferences how how uh I don't recall hearing about the dodgeball. Uh, do you have any take on dodgeball as an activity for uh, the NFL players? Um, I remember it being something that like people put an effort into. And like there were definitely highlights from dodgeball in years past. Um, boy, I couldn't, you know, I don't remember anything from uh, this year, any murmurings, anything like that. But uh, in theory, if guys really try, Dodgeball would be super exciting because it's something we, the viewers who don't play NFL football, can relate to. Everyone has played dodgeball. I'm I'm watching some highlights right now, um, and it, it actually, I'm not even gonna lie, it looks like a blast. It looks like the set of um, like a football sized version of the set of um, dodgeball, an underdog story. <laughs> um, imagine that final dodgeball room but on a half of a football field um it's actually i gotta say it looks it looks like a lot of fun (laughs) what's good about dodgeball and what is the reason that they use it as a sport is that it's actually quite hard to throw those balls very hard um which is good because even a very very muscular man throwing that ball as hard as he possibly can (laughs) like would it hurt to get stung with one of those? Yeah, probably. But like, it's not like getting hit with a baseball. You know what I mean? Like, 
it is it is as low impact as that type of sport can be. So I think it's a good idea. And I got to say, looking at this highlight reel, it looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> Honestly, um, the idea of like being a guy in that like arena playing dodgeball with them seems like the most fun you could have at an athletic event against NFL players. And that brings us to the second event of Thursday, which was the lightning round. So it's 16 players competing in a three-part elimination challenge down, you know, to winnow down to one player. First event was splash catch where teammate pairings from each conference toss a water balloon back and forth from increasing distances. I feel like we all did this as a kid. Um, or like, yeah, if you as, grew up at the as children, <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I think part of the goal of this. Um, I think we've all also done this. Like, if you grew up going to the Jersey Shore with a baseball, slowly trying to get as far back as you can without dropping the ball. Um, second one was called High Stakes, which was players who advanced from the first round trying to catch punts from uh, jugs machines. Um, and then the the last one was thrill of the spill where remaining players uh, aim at targets attached to a bucket hanging above the head of an opposing conference's coach. First team to dump the bucket on the coach wins and earns three points for the conference. Uh, yeah. Goof, goofy shit. That's fun. I'm with sure. Uh, longest drive four players uh, do exactly what the, title of the event says try to drive a golf ball the farthest i'm surprised this one didn't even this one didn't get you did this one get you at all this was the only one i saw beforehand i was like oh i would like to see how this goes and then i saw the people in it and was like ah i've never once seen them play golf outside of this and the two people who i know are heavily into golf are playing in a golf event right now so i'm just gonna go watch them instead um Let's see, C.J. Mosley. Oh, no, he didn't hit a two twenty-five. Jonathan Allen hit a ball two hundred seventy-five feet. Yards. Um, sorry, I meant yards. Yes. Uh who is this that just hit three hundred and six? Is that C.J. Mosley? I think C.J. Mosley hit it three hundred and six yards. Okay. Um, I do love that both Aaron Rodgers and Marlon Josh. Humphrey. Sorry, go ahead. I do love that Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen opted out of the Pro Bowl, citing injuries, only to play in a PGA Tour event pro am. Well, as we all know, golf is for losers and not real athletes. Still playing at what is widely held to be, you know, a Mount Rushmore beautiful course on planet earth and Vegas golf isn't a sport. Okay. You made it up. It's all in your head. Film that all sports have been made up. I, that is arguable. None of it's real. Tyler not never be. existed. It's, it's a communal hallucination. None of it's real Corwin. Golf isn't real. It can't hurt you. I if I went out somewhere and saw Tiger Woods, I might have a panic attack. What if you saw Tiger Woods's butthole? <laughs> I don't. 
wow. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've never once thought about Tiger Woods' butthole before, but um, now it's winking at you. Now it's winking at me, and I don't know whether to be excited because boy, that's that's a story to tell the kids one day, or just like you walk into a bathroom, like at a golf course, and there's a dude in there who's like pants fell and he was bending down to pick him up but his like underwear got caught in his in with his belt and that got dragged down too and you walk in right as he's bending down she square up the rectum stands up turns around tiger woods well tiger <laughs> looks like i'll be getting a hole in one today what if tiger pisses at a urinal like those really weird kids in like Early elementary all school. It's all the way down. What if he tries to go for distance? <laughs> Hell yeah. I remember walking into the bathroom once in like sixth grade and the kid was doing that. And I just walked right back out. <laughs> I was like, no, man, this is a different time that I have to come back to this. I'm not doing this right now. Oh, my God. I think I did it once. And then immediately realize why that's not a good idea. Because as soon as you lose pressure, uh, you're just pissing on the floor. And uh, it's a game you're meant to lose. Yeah, yeah. No, like immediately it was just like, oh, man, I'm stupid. Yeah. The, I've uh, said that about right 600 times uh, over the course of my life since then. Oh, that's pretty gentle. Too sure. Uh, all right. Two more events on the Thursday round. Precision passing. Each conference's three quarterbacks will battle it out in a one-minute accuracy competition. They collect points. Um, there's also a long toss bucket challenge, 60 yards. Uh, yeah, that's fun. Be something to be cool to see. You could have seen it last Thursday. We both chose not to. Um, and last is uh, best catch. Two players from each conference compete in a best catch competition, showing up their creativity, inventiveness, and talent. Uh, I feel like this was an attempt at doing like a dunk contest kind of vibe. Um, yeah. The problem is because th th what the dunk contest is at the end of the day is trying to find inventive and athletic ways to do something that most NBA players can do. Right. But now it's like you got to mm -hmm. show off the ways you can do it. The home run competition, the home run derby for baseball is just like volume. How many times can you do it? But the, but it, the dunk contest is personality. So I think mm -hmm. this was trying to be a personality kind of thing. But there's, you know, with the home run derby, it's in a complete control environment. Like, yes, you could have different. You know, pitchers like Matt Chapman's dad fucking sucks at it. Uh, Pete Alonzo's oh, Matt Chapman's dad. <laughs> Whoever Pete Alonzo has is like amazingly good. Dunk contest, same basket, same court. Get creative, but at the end of the day, it's like something that is relatively controlled. Like best catch is one quarterback accuracy. Very, you know to an extent volatile and like it's not natural to the game itself like you could pull off a crazy dunk in a game guys have done it like yeah yes. like griffin's not jumping over a kia but that's the exception to the rule not up against a defender not running like routes in game like taking all of that 
out of the equation. Okay, like it's just a bunch of dudes just like, all right, let me contort my body or do shit like that. And it's like that that just doesn't happen. That's not so football. I'm watching the highlights of it. And do you want to know how they decided to try to construct this? Uh, so yeah. You did not watch this. I did not. Okay. So there is a uh, a guy throwing a football. Uh, so the wide receiver is running uh, perpendicular to the man holding the football. Right. So they will, uh, as the person throwing the football throws it directly, directionally straight in front of him, the wide receiver will be bisecting that line at a 90 degree angle. Uh, in front of the wide receiver. Yeah. Just chugging out all of the ge geometry terms I learned way back in school. <laughs> um, in front of the wide receiver is a very, very tiny trampoline. And in, in front of that, are like two plus sized gym mats, like super, super thick gym mats. And essentially the wide receiver is running, tumping, jumping on again, the tiniest trampoline you can possibly imagine that would fit a human man um, and trying to make a catch. It's the kind of trampoline. It looks smaller than the ones you see mascots use in mascot dunk. Competition. Yeah. Like it's yeah. really, small. Um... and I can tell you right now they're running into a, a couple problems there it's the worst of both parts it's the worst parts of the dunk contest and the worst parts of the home run derby yeah. because everyone throwing the football is matt chapman's dad <laughs> it's not good so and all of the it, it's all the bad takes from the dunk contest where it doesn't quite work out because wide receivers it's missing the context that you were describing yeah like they're not running at full speed with a receiver on them, getting a 30, 40 yard pass through the air diving. It's, it's too inorganic and isn't. So quite well. this seems like a perfect recreation of the game. We played as kids where like, Oh, I'm going to dive into the pool. You toss the football and I'm going to like lay that out and catch exactly it diving into it the is. pool. It's exactly what it is. Yes. How many times did you fucking have to just dive into a pool and like watch the ball sail over <laughs> your head or like hit you in the feet? And it's just like, all right, man, I'm just kind of sick of jumping in the pool. You want to just go play catch and like succeed at doing this or also stand in the pool while we throw the ball six feet to each other. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it was really fun to do, but the fun came from jumping in the pool not like actually having these acrobatic catches because they just don't connect i think that that these are pro athletes so fuck it um i think that there's me. something there in the idea but i think this execution is not good as a whole so far i like that they're kind of feeding into the hey let's get something relatable let's get something that kids will want to watch kids can relate to we can see them doing you know crazy athletic things within context of like oh i know what i'm capable of doing but without any of like you know good planning and design that would make it you know something that is watchable on tv i will say them getting it wrong is also fine absolutely if, yeah can't be worse than what we had and the effort to improve it is all I want to see at a hundred percent. No one cared about the pro bowl 
including the players. If this is corny and lame, but has the promise of being something different and that they will be improving upon next season, that's fine. That's totally fine. No one was watching the old shit anyway. So, like, feel it out, get some feedback, see what works, and refine. Um, Just real quick, the Sunday events. One of the Sunday events was the second half of Best Catch, which we were just talking about. Uh, the second event on uh, this past Sunday was the Gridiron Gauntlet, which was a side-by-side relay race. Oh, um, this was the clip I saw. So it was a 40-yard race in length, which included a series of breakaway walls, climbing over walls, climbing under tables, a tire run, and a blocking sled carrying a legend coach across the finish line. You saw a part of this? I did. Um it was an obstacle course. The coach that they carried across the line was Peyton and Eli Manning on sleds that just got pushed. Sounds fantastic. Um, it was about as entertaining as a obstacle course race could be. Like it wasn't fucking Ninja Warrior by any means. It was up and over and jump and dive and crawl. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like it's cool to watch two guys do this, but like uh, it's not fun it's interesting yeah. it's a competition credit, american ninja warrior is a blast so i actually american I ninja warrior is a blast because it's like an actual competition this is just like yeah that's two defensive linemen like running up and over logs like this is not equal i i do but i meant more so I do appreciate them maybe trying to steal ideas from <laughs> so from successful um, uh, concepts. Listen, I think the X factor here is what made American Ninja Warrior super fun was that it was incredibly difficult to succeed. And people were putting 150% effort in to get like people are training the entire year to be able to do this. Nobody at the Pro Bowl gives a shit. So, like, if you if you copied and pasted the American Ninja Warrior track, these guys are going to be, you know, probably have some more inclination to compete, like, because of the stakes of, like, oh, it's not just, like, oh, I could kind of half-ass my way through this. Like, you have to give full effort. But if you, like, the NFL is a multi-billion dollar corporation. If you just say, hey... Whoever wins this singular American Ninja Warrior Pro Bowl extravaganza gets a million dollars, gets two million dollars, like a number that means something to these guys. And so there's actual effort. And it's not like the Pro Bowl where you have to pay an entire team worth of guys, but it's just, hey, we have Tyreek Hill, we have Justin Jefferson. We have whatever other highly skilled athlete you like. You want to throw TJ Watt up there? Go for it. That would be super cool to see. Like really big guys take on a course versus the super small guys. Sure. But like just make them care. Um, I had a great idea that it might instead be a terrible idea, but I think would be a good idea. Which better than what? nothing. What if instead of trying to come up with anything, 
the NFL just partnered with a bunch of shows that people already like and have NFL athletes just do those competitions. So what if NFL just partnered with American Ninja Warrior and like Wipeout and um uh some other I know there's a few other like like Minute to Win It like there's a few like game shows yeah. that like do the infrastructure is already there. Right. There's crowds that already like that shit that I'm sure has crossover with the NFL. It wouldn't be your own thing, but in terms of having to see the project through, especially from two people who work in corporate America, the 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 uplift on having to actually do this for manpower, I'd imagine would be a lot lighter. Um, it would definitely be easier, and I think the NFL would like that aspect of it. Um. But like you ever see like the NFL families on like Family Feud or anything like that? No. Like have you you've watched all those shows? You've watched Minute to Win It. You've watched yeah. Wipeout. Like you've seen them all. Like American Ninja Warrior, I think is different, so I won't group them in. But some of those things that those shows all have in common is that it's incredibly corny. So is the Pro Bowl. It is absolutely. But on top of that, the NFL, I don't think for a quote-unquote subprime product would be willing to share any semblance of revenue. Well, and that, so I, that would be I the don't think they would want to share. But you have to ask yourself this question. Is the cut of profits we would be losing by partnering with a pre-existing IP be larger or smaller than the increase in revenue driven by greater viewership because like plus the loss as, of creative control because we have to think about it like yeah plus there's less manpower going into this like the less salaries that we devote from internally having to have someone fucking deal with this the cheaper it is for us to do um because one of the other th two things one this would be incredibly corny but I feel like that's what NFL is moving towards, and I think they're kind of right for that because, two, they tried to do the serious sports thing, which was the original Pro Bowl, but the problem was players didn't want to do it because they got hurt. And the serious sport fans, like you and I, don't tune into it because they're not trying very hard, which is, like, I think fair on all fronts. It's less fun to watch people not really try because those people not trying don't want to get hurt for free it, it, it is a it is I have, yeah i'm gonna cut you off i've solved it lay it on me big daddy a competition individual competition because the team aspect doesn't really seem to work and we're not actually gearing towards football some individual competition or small team competition even with a winner's bracket and then a loser's bracket winner's bracket gets uh, I, I just spitballing here. The winner's bracket gets an automatic increase of their contract to the equivalent of the franchise tag or the next season without affecting, without affecting salary cap or anything. The losing team or individual from the loser's bracket, like whoever, you know, bottoms out there, however you want to do it, Actually, the loser's bracket would be funny if you only advance if you lose. A true loser's bracket. You you win to survive. The loser of the loser's bracket 
gets a suspension of X amount of games for the next season. True stakes of like make it rich could be like a $10 million raise, $20 million raise for some guys versus I am getting suspended from my team. I guess I would fuck over the teams individually too much or like if it cut them down to like league minimum pay. Stakes. What Real if, stakes. What if it was a cooking competition where players had to make regional delicacies from where their teams are located and the judges are people from that town? So like, I don't know. Uh, Joe Burrow has to make chili and spaghetti in like 45. You're muted. And Corwin, you're muted. Sorry. Pat Mahomes would have to make, make like truly top line brisket yes. with like the expectation of amazing Kansas City barbecue. But like you know, while Joe Burrow's making Scott, but Joe Burrow's just making fucking skyline chili where boy, I, I, I didn't throw up when I ate it. That's that's an A plus skyline chili in my book. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, all of these things have to be corny for them to work. I, I think. I think these things all have to be kind of goofy. Like Pat Mahomes, Dude, if they... is going to be there, kind of talking like this, and then yeah. Joe Burrow's going to be like, "I made chili and spaghetti." I was drinking something. I would have spit up my drink when you did that Kermit the Frog voice. It's um, not easy being green. Um, if they went all in on like a Hell's Kitchen or whatever, like cooking competition show, but just played straight man the whole time of like, we are not acknowledging that 350 pound Trent Williams is like in this kitchen with like guys that have never cooked a meal in their life, like trying to like artisanally perfect this dish while Bill Belichick is screaming at him. Never once acknowledging it, it could work out beautifully. We should let them all do surgery. We should just put it on Nickelodeon and just let everyone get slimed. We should put everyone in the operating room. <laughs> the man whose life is on the line and ask them. To... <laughs> well, there was that one guy who played offensive line for the Chiefs who was like a neurologist like had a doctorate in neurology and like practiced medicine in the off season. Who was the uh, um the Warren offensive lineman Tardif? for the, the 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 Ravens who ended up uh, retiring so he could just be nerdy? Was it John Urschel? John Urschel. He went to Penn State. It's the only reason I know him. I actually met him actually. Very nice guy. He uh he retired to get his doctorate from MIT. That's a smart guy. Yeah. He uh he's a smart fellow. Definitely uh, a a guy to be proud that he went to the same school I went to because, you know, plenty of reasons not to be proud of that for undisclosed reasons. Uh, just real quick so we can finish this up. The last two are kick-tack-toe, which is each team's punter and long snapper complete a giant tic-tac-toe competition. That could be kind of cool. Yeah, I'm watching highlights of that. It looks like it looks like fun. It's a very simple idea. Um, watching this at two times speed with no sound, I get the idea. Hell yeah! Uh, and the last one was move the chains. Um, four teams compete side by side in a weighted wall pull, showcasing strength, speed, and ingenuity. 
Um, yeah, that's kind of it. Sure. And then there's I the, believe you. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a, that's a whole bunch of ideas. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, we already kind of talked about how like that's fine, even if it kind of sucks. At least it's it's an improvement. But yeah, it sure is. Definitely them saying, "Here's everything we thought of." We we walked into a boardroom and said, "Guys." No bad ideas. And we brought them all to you. <laughs> we literally didn't say no. Yep. Every idea that was mentioned is on your television. We spent well, like we $100 said, million dollars on this. It, it's not exactly a success, but it's far from the failure of the status quo that has been. Yeah, it's a promising C. Yeah. Hey, I was a C student. I'm fine by that. And see, you succeeded. You you made it through. That's a promising C. You graduated. Hell yeah. I did it, Ma. Ma I did it. Um yeah, so that's where the Pro Bowl is at. We are currently awaiting the uh Super Bowl, which will be this Sunday. Um I'm not sure there's anything we already talked about the matchup pretty loosely. It's the same mm-hmm. as it was last time we talked about it because it's the same two teams. True. Um, yeah, has there been any any football revelations since we last spoke? Uh, um, coaching hires. Oh, Sean, Sean Payton. Payton. That's right. We have to talk about Sean Payton. Daniel Hackett got hired. Let's ignore that because I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk about it. I mean... I think I can understand the Broncos GM saying, I'm going to get dragged into the street <laughs> and shot. So it's like, might as well. It's it's like the same rationale as people saying, well, Joe Douglas might as well trade for Aaron Rodgers for the Jets because he's already been with the team for like five seasons and he hasn't won. Or the four seasons and has one. So he's with a, them for a fifth season and they still don't go to the playoffs. Like mm-hmm. it gets hard to justify keeping him around. I think he's done a pretty decent job, but that's true. Like, and I, Woody Johnson's a meddling owner. That's absolutely true. There's more desperation on the line. The GM of the Denver Broncos already made a gigantic trade for Russell Wilson that year one did not work out. So your two options are to either A, do your best to build around Russell Wilson without giving up anything else and try to wheel and deal your all back all of the stock that you gave up or option B double down and get weird. <laughs> and this, uh, yes, they doubled down and got weird. Um, yeah. So I like the idea of shedding a really bad coaching hire immediately and trying to replace him with arguably the best option, you know, free agent, quote unquote, even though you had to trade for him that has come around and and been available in the last handful of years, for sure. Um, Trading away a first and a second round pick 
after trading away a significant amount of first-round picks and other draft capital when it seems relatively certain that your team is going to be... Well, I guess this is a, we need to fix this, otherwise we're fucked anyway. If we double down, we can get a coach that is an offensive wizard and can, in all likelihood, fix a very expensive quarterback that we are saddled with for a long time. If it doesn't work, like you said, we're fucked anyway. Like, truly fucked. Like, there is no, ah, we'll give it a couple more years to see if they make better decisions. I don't think you can recover from this. Like, new ownership, no track record of success. You gotta cut bait if they fail in in uh, after making that massive of a trade. So, I get it. It's a decision you make when you're backed into a corner. So I don't love it, but oh god, I if it succeeds, they will be a very very fun team because they have a great defense. If Russell Wilson can play like MVP, well, never got an MVP vote, so definitely not MVP Russell Wilson, but play like. I don't know. Anniversary edition. Russell Wilson. Fantastic. It'll be a fantastic team to watch. We'll put up a fight in that division. If it goes poorly, it will be amazing content to watch from the sidelines and that we can all root for. It is, oh man, it is such a gigantic gamble. I love it for that reason because it's not happening to my team. Um, But just oof. Uh, so the full trade details. And before we are... move on, though, can I say, for as amazing as John Elway was at a quarterback, he is truly terrible at quarterback evaluation. His only success was buying a lottery ticket on post neck injury Peyton Manning, and him literally breaking the offensive passing records uh, in the NFL. Otherwise, I mean. Paxton Lynch, Brock Osweiler, uh, Jake Cutler. Um, who else has been there? Who was the guy? Oh, Drew Locke. Like some really awful quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, and it, it's one of the things that's going to make seeing Sean Payton be with this team very interesting because – I think all of us only know Sean Payton's career with Drew Brees. And this is to a much, much lighter extent. And I don't mean to be diminutive to Drew Brees' career or Sean Payton's career, but it's a much watered-down version of like the Belichick-Brady thing, where it's like, okay, we've only seen you two together. I mean, Brees we saw very briefly early in his career with the um the Chargers unsuccessfully, but like yes. it's also the first like handful of years of his career. So who cares? Um, Sean Payton, I don't know if he's had another quarterback. I've never looked. Uh, how how's that going to go? And it's like it's not just a quarterback; it's a guy that we're all kind of expecting to be a first overall, a first uh, ballot Hall of Famer if his career doesn't go off the rails in Denver. What joke did you make? I missed it, but you were laughing. <laughs> I was trying to think of other quarterbacks that uh, 
Peyton has had, and the only Teddy one that comes to mind is uh, Taysom Hill. Uh, uh, Peyton having an infatuation with Taysom Hill. Yeah, I I couldn't remember if uh, I know he was there with Peyton. I wasn't sure if he ever actually played for them. Uh, I think that was the no, that wasn't the thirty thirty year. That was his last year in Tampa. I think I'm not looking it up. Yes, I don't don't care. Um, regardless, I I am the fact that Sean Payton had such an infatuation with such a non-effective quarterback in Taysom Hill. It does make me worried. Like the only other quarterback we saw with Belichick before him and Tom split was Drew Bledsoe, who was a very, very good quarterback by all means. Drew Bledsoe is very different from Taysom Hill as far as track record. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, so I'm trying to under uh, real, uh, real quick. The the details of this trade, the Saints are receiving from the Broncos, the Broncos 2023 first round pick, which is pick number 29, and 2024's second round pick. The Broncos are receiving from the Saints Sean Payton and the Saints 2024 third round pick. Now what I'm trying to figure okay. out is I think the 29th pick has been traded three times. Hmm. That's what I'm currently trying to figure out because tank the Broncos definitely did not finish with the 29th overall pick. No, the Bengals did. Oh, I see what happened here. Okay. So the tankathon is slightly wrong because tankathon has the Bengals at pick 29 and San Francisco at pick 30. It was actually the other way around. So I guess that they are incorrect because NFL.com has it the other way around. And I trust NFL.com more. It's their fucking organization. So the Niners had sent the pick to the Dolphins at some point. I don't remember why. I, the Dolphins. I honestly, could that be up in the air still? Because it would the breakdown between the loser of the AFC championship and the NFC championship. No either? idea. Could it be the winner of the Super Bowl? Couldn't tell you. It doesn't. Um, that, that part doesn't matter. Ignore that part. They, it's San Francisco's pick. They sent it to the Dolphins at some fucking point. I don't know how the Dolphins sent it to the Broncos at some fucking point. Oh, the Broncos uh, have now sent it to the Saints. So the 29th overall pick, the, this first round pick in the draft has been traded three different times. Which is like kind of nuts um, I have nothing to say about it I just I really it's, it's insane I know it happens because draft picks for capital capital gets moved around all the time I'd love to know what the most has been yeah the most one individual pick has been has been moved about okay here here are playoff seedings. So the wild card round losers slot in 21 to 24 in reverse order of final regular season standings. The same thing for the divisional round. The two teams that lost in the conference championships pick the 29th and 30th spots in the reverse order of their final regular season records. So it is locked in. Nothing fancy. 
if they are if the records are tied it is decided by strength of schedule um if they have the same strength of schedule division or conference tiebreakers are applied if those are not applicable uh the tiebreakers in order are head to head if applicable best one loss tied percentage in common games minimum of 4 strength of victory in all games best combined ranking amongst all teams in points scored and points allowed in all games best net points in all games best net touchdowns in all games coin toss I know we had a coin toss like last year and I don't remember if the same rules applied. I don't remember. Yeah, don't either. Doesn't matter, but yeah. Um I bring this up only because I had mentioned it and I don't think we've talked about it on the show yet. Aaron Rodgers. Where do you think he goes? It has basically been all but said declaratively and formally that he's not returning to the Packers. So it kind of comes down to, uh, yeah, this is one of the few times where it really seems like it's, it's not happening. And so his options are essentially get traded to wherever he wants to go. He would get to dictate that at the end of the day, I would think. Um, Cause his contract is such an albatross. Uh, and, or sorry, I should say retire. So assuming he plays, where do you think he goes? Did you see the story yesterday of he's going on a going darkness dark. retreat? Yeah. Fucking love that. He's just going to go get high in a cabin somewhere. And I, I can't wait. It's going to make up um, new conspiracy theories we've never thought of before. A whole I new ex- bevy of things Jews are responsible for. I would expect him to go. Uh, so here's the thing. I think the Raiders... And the Jets are probably the two favorites, right? Those are the ones. Jets have a lot of money. Jets have an easier division. Sexier fans. Uh, Devontae Adams is in Vegas. Vegas is probably a better destination uh, PR-wise and whatnot. I think the Jets would be a much better team uh, with him. Uh, compared to if you went to the Raiders, and I think they have a significantly better chance of becoming a championship contender with him in New York. Um, I very much could see him not wanting to deal with New York media and just saying, fuck it. Uh, let me just coast through the end of my career, throw it up to Devontae Adams like good old times, and just live it up in Vegas. I mean, he loves smoking ayahuasca out in the desert. Might as well live in the desert, you know? Or he could smoke ayahuasca in the Pine Barrens. <laughs> God, could you imagine the Pine Barrens episode of The Sopranos where they just run across the equivalent NFL quarterback of that time just smoking ayahuasca? Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers stumbling upon... Would that be Tom Brady? Mass grave? <laughs> no, because the... Sopranos episode in the Pine Barrens, I think, was pre Brady. I think. I want to Google Pine Barrens and just assume that 
the only I believe the Pine Barrens episode was Vinny Testaverde's era of the Jets. Oh God, but Vinny Testaverde was never Aaron Rodgers. Oh, of the Jets. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I that that Jets either three episode eleven. Oh, season three actually. That's gonna be close because season three was what two thousand one. Uh, May sixth, two thousand one. Yeah. So no, that still would have that would have been just pre Brady then. Right. 2001 NFL quarterbacks. Uh, he was starting. I don't think he won a Super Bowl yet. Or maybe one. All right. NFL quarterbacks. Man, who are some like on the end of their careers? Like Steve McNair. So just early just... Donovan McNabb. Real, real quick. Tom Brady threw for 2,843 yards. Vinny Testaverde is definitely say, a starter was, there. It was his first year starting. Like a Kurt Warner type player. Kurt Warner, Steve McNair are the only two guys I think would be comparable at this time period. Like Peyton Manning's on here, Brett Favre's on there. But they were two young guys at this point. They were not at the back end of their careers. Donovan McNabb. Man, I miss Donovan McNabb. He was a fun QB. Hold on, I'm trying to. What? 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 When, when did that episode come out again? May two thousand one. At that point in time, Tom Brady's career stats was one pass for six yards. Wow! So two thousand one was week twelve of the two thousand season, November twenty third. 2000 Tom Brady had his only game that he appeared in here. He threw three passes completing one for six yards and then didn't play until obviously the following season, 2001. Um, but oh, by that God. time in September of one, when the season started, he, um, that episode had come out. So that's kind of nuts to think about, honestly. I, so I looked up Donovan McNabb stats while you were talking, uh, bringing that up. Such a fun QB from our childhood, right? Like you, he was a a you know premier QB when we were like young, growing up, like middle school age, right? So at the same era, kind of for you. Yeah. He retired in 2011. He retired what? Twelve years ago. Wow. He got drafted a year before Tom Brady. That's so weird to think about. That's fucking insane. He retired 12 years ago and is only a year older than Tom Brady. Did you have an opinion on Tom Brady's thirst trap on Instagram? Or uh, Twitter, whatever it was. What the fuck is that guy? Like, what is he? What is he doing? Like, I get this is his midlife crisis. I get that we're all witnessing it live. But like... Look, I'm not going to Tom Brady, dude. You don't need to be doing this. You have hundreds of women probably sending you nudes and thirst traps of their own every single day. Like, why would you post that? You're in the midst of a divorce. You have like young children. What the fuck? I've never seen a man so fluent in the language of divorce (laughs) so fast. This man 
picked up this 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 second language immediately. You are a fifty year old man. Get your nipples off Twitter. <laughs> this is the saddest shit. It's 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 the it's a thing only rich divorced dudes can do too, because <laughs> he's got too much money to post a car, you know. It's like yeah, Tom. I bet you own ninety of these fucking things. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um. I I would think I would hope. I've been conflicted about this as a Jets fan because this is one of the few times our team has been brought up in a possible landing spot for a premier player. And this is obviously ignoring the fact that Roger sucks as a, as a guy, just talking about him as a player. Um, it's such a big swing that it is scary because if Rogers is real bad, it feels like, well, we're stuck, you know. The dude's got three, four years left on this contract. Um, yeah, four years left on this contract, which are extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. And if he shows that he sucks next season, he's not getting traded again because no one would take him. And this is a Jets. This is a young Jets team with a lot of promise, but not young enough that they can wait out a Rod- a bad Rogers contract. And that's what's got me kind of concerned. If it pans out, the Jets are a Super Bowl contender. Yes. Which is something I've never been able to say in my lifetime. Outside of having Mark Sanchez as our quarterback, which we all knew was a lie. (laughs) So. I actually, I I saw two things today that you reminded me of both. Uh, One was about Rex Ryan and about how. Sexy Rexing. In his uh, first, what was it? In his first, like, five or six seasons, he had a top six uh, defense every time. And he won, like, back-to-back years of, like, 10, 11 games with Mark Sanchez at quarterback, which Rex Ryan, I remember from, you know, younger, more impressionable days of, like, oh, what? Sports Center and talk he- talking heads say is gospel. Um, my reputation of him is much lower than the arguably successful career he had in New York, which could be its own conversation. The second was um, Aaron Rodgers didn't throw for 300 yards once last season, which is wildly concerning. Because that should be a guy that could throw for 300 yards at whenever he chooses to throw for 300 yards and force that. He threw once for 291 yards one time, but in that game, he also had one touchdown and three interceptions. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they lost that game. (laughs) Sorry, continue your point. No, like that, it really was just that, like, one Rex Ryan, kind of cool, uh, likes feet, and yum. I I am not smart enough to give an honest opinion of Aaron Rodgers from here on out. I I am far too blinded by past bias and 
the fact that he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and kind of a psychopath. I I don't know if this is a de- excuse me downward trajectory. It's also just for whatever it's worth, um, the first time since 2015 that Rodgers hasn't thrown for more than 4,000 yards, excluding uh, injured seasons, of which there is one. Which is wild. And if you want to extend that back to the beginning of his time as a starter, back to 2008, it's only the one, two, three... The fourth, the fourth time in a non-injured season, or third time in a non-injured season, that he hasn't thrown for four thousand yards. So, you could call it a blip. I mean, there's a couple other seasons in there where he was uninjured and didn't cross that threshold. But uh, it gets tougher to call him a blip when the man is about to be entering his age forty season. Granted, I think the Jets are in a much better position than the the Packers are. I mean, our wide receivers are better. Uh, our running backs are are better. Our defense is so much better. Um, like Rodgers would have some actual targets to throw to, which, which would be, be wild. Yeah. Um, but it is it's a it's a huge risk. Uh, but it's like I, I is it tough? Go ahead. Is it because if it works out, all of a sudden you are in the best position this franchise has been in since Joe Namath was quarterback. Can you argue otherwise? You think the Chad Pennington era teams were like better? Those were some some good fucking teams. If Chad Pennington didn't have a shoulder injury, like, oh my God, that team would have been so fucking good. If it fails. We're fucked. But is it worse than anywhere you've been as of late? Like, is it, is it real? I would say yes. That, that, and, and it becomes down to the fact that the Jets actually have a core of players that are good. And that hasn't been true of a lot of these other like four and 12 Jets teams that I've had to sit through. So like you, you, the ceiling will not be as high with someone other than, you know, potentially come back Aaron Rodgers, but you are still going to be a very good team with like a Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo or fucking Brock well, Purdy if he's available. And he, and here's the thing. Here's where I think I come down pro Rodgers ultimately at the end of the day. There is no better option because any of the other trade targets like Derek Carr are also going to cost a lot in terms of picks and are going to cost a lot in terms of money. So if we're, if we're shelling them out anyway, uh, I think money, Derek Carr's a free agent. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was up for, I thought he was on the chopping block for trades. Is he not? Um, I don't think so. Regardless, he would not cost nearly as much as Aaron Rodgers, but even Point so being, ignoring the, the short term, uh, short term money and the picks, at this point in time for the Jets, those things basically don't even matter because you're kind of good now. So the draft picks are obviously every team wants their draft picks, but like if you have to give them up to be even better now, you do it. And however good Jimmy Garoppolo can be, however healthy he can be, it's hard ceiling. It's it's a it's a nebulous ceiling. We have no idea. And however high it is, is still miles below what Rodgers' ceiling is. 
And you kind of have to do something. The Jets players, fans, and coaches, GMs, everybody, understands that the Jets need a quarterback. That the team as constructed is perfectly fine. The coaching staff in place is reasonably adequate. It is the quarterback. And so you're asking really between two options. Do you want to, one, squander the young talent that you absolutely have on the team while you try to churn through quarterbacks like nobody's business, trying to find one that can perform adequately enough for the team to win? Or two, do you want to take the much more extreme route of throwing everything you have at Aaron Rodgers and potentially skyrocketing your team into a Super Bowl contender. And as much as I hate this because of I don't want to watch really bad Jets teams again with a really old... I've seen this play out. Brett Favre was on this team. I've seen washed up Green Bay Packers quarterbacks dragging Jets teams through middling scores. Um, Unfortunately, I think it's the right move. And for a front office, not a lifelong fan who will be fans regardless of the outcome of like this decision, the front office, their jobs are not definite. So I think they will go for the thing that will. Yeah. I think you have to go for it. And if you settle on a Derek Carr, I think that's still a positive outcome. I, I, Uh, I view Derek Carr as a much higher um target than like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is an over a net failure. Yeah, I would not be content. Uh by the way, Derek Carr has three years left on his contract. Oh wow. Yeah, he is owed uh about thirty his dead cat uh, no, I'll go with base salary. His base salary in the next three years is thirty three million dollars this year, forty two next year, forty one the year after that. So he has signed through the 2025 season. So this will be a trade situation. Understood. Which is how 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 are your thoughts? Uh, you said you didn't want to bring it up. Do you want to bring Nathaniel Hackett into this conversation? Some guys might just be coordinators. <laughs> That's I, the goal, right? <laughs> I, I mean, look, we've said this about Todd Bowles. We said when we talked, we just talked about Todd yeah. Bowles a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Some guys are just coordinators. That's okay. Is Nathaniel Hackett just a coordinator, or is he the guy that got to be the coordinator during prime Aaron Rodgers seasons and just reaped in those Adam Gase like benefits? I think the hope, the absolute hope, and and all certainty is, uh, or all likelihood, I should say, is pretty probable you're hoping it was less of a Nathaniel Hackett is an awful person at his job and more. He is a lifelong coordinator and Russell Wilson also happened to take a nosedive off the board rather than it was all on Nathaniel Hackett. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I don't think you can coach that bad. I, I don't think coaching that piss poor exists. Genuinely. Urban Meyer. Not even then. If Urban Meyer was the coach of um, 
I don't know, the Buccaneers this past season, I still think Tom Brady would have thrown for 4,000 fucking yards. Like, like, that was a failure of Russell Wilson. It was a failure of everybody involved, too. But it was also a failure of Russell Wilson. He fucking sucked last season. He did. I I will push back. I think Urban Meyer was, in fact, that bad. Not that that is really a, a large factor in this conversation. I think Urban Meyer was historically one of the worst head coaches ever in the NFL. I think yes. he is a uh, just yeah. Um, oh well. All right. Um. Yeah. Is there any other coaching changes worth discussing at this point in time, or general football um, topics? I don't think so. None that I could think of. Um. Yeah, I think that's kind of it. Um, yeah, uh, look, Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract. Uh, people are talking about it. He doesn't have a contract. It's not much to say. Brian, Brian Flores got a new job as the defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Well, when did that get announced? Two days ago. Really? Yeah. I assume you missed this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Brian Flores is uh, going to be the Vikings DC next season. Um, I'm happy he got hired because he seems to be a very good defensive coach. Um, I'm very upset that he will be leaving the Steelers. Kenny Pickett had a lot of positive things to say about how he helped him develop especially with like running a two minute offense. Um, but yeah, that's uh, good for him. And I would like to say another success of uh, Mike Tomlin, who continues to not receive enough credit for everything he does. I was thinking about this uh, the other day uh, for us to talk about at some point. Uh, I'm very happy he hired Brian Flores. He is probably the best hire Tomlin's ever had as far as, you know, in this case, a position coach, but can you name a single coordinator or coach that Mike Tomlin has had outside of Brian Flores and, you know, Mac Canada, since we just discussed him? Honestly, I'm bad with coaching trees, so this isn't okay. uh, this isn't a, a very impressive thing. I don't know because uh, you can ask me this of almost any coach, and I have no fucking clue. Mike but Tomlin, no, the answer is no. Very good, you know, defensive game planner, uh, and you know has called plays in the past. An excellent, excellent CEO and, and leader of a team. Excellent locker room guy. I mean, we talk up his praise often. And I will defend him to the very last, you know, inch. He fucking sucks at hiring. He he is bad at hiring coaches. Um, we've had some good, you know, above average, you know, position coaches here and there. You know, they hire guys to stay with the program, you know, not stay for two years and then get hired up somewhere else. But he is fucking awful at hiring coordinators and and bringing in exceptional talent into that coaching st staff, and it 
it is something that should be addressed because of how much it has negatively affected the team over the past couple of years. I always find those coaching tree things kind of difficult to judge. Absolutely. Because it's like, I mean, can't you kind of say the same thing about Belichick? His yeah. guys have his guys have never been successful anywhere else. And Bill Belichick is the most successful head coach of the modern football era. I'll defend Bill O'Brien. What he did at Penn State is, you know, goes without saying. I think what he did in Texas up until or with the Texans until he was given GM control, which was that organizational dysfunction there was an unbelievable story in its own right. I, I can't put that on Bill O'Brien. Um, but yeah, I mean, Josh Daniels, great offensive coach. Boy, he is great. Offensive he's coach never getting when he has Tom Brady as his, as, yeah. his, as, his, as his quarterback. Like I'll, I'll say a lot of uh, Raiders players had a lot of very good things to say about Josh Daniels, but boy, like it, we've seen it, you know, two three times now where he's not good as a head coach, Matt which is fine. Matt Patricia might not be a good coach. Just... That's the thing. Is it's like as much credit as we give Belichick for taking players who might not be premier talent, but having them so refined in their roles and responsibilities that he can essentially squeeze all, all the marginal utility out of every player by perfecting. You're their just going all economics role. today. I, apparently so. Um, Maybe that's something to be said about uh, these head coaches who have these coordinators that don't go on to do anything else successful. You know, maybe they're just really good at telling the coordinators what works and what doesn't. And that's, that's something to, I mean, you'd have more experience watching these Steelers teams than I do for sure. And hyper analyzing what they do well and what they don't and where some of that responsibility may fall. But you do have to wonder like these extremely consistent head coaches that never have anybody under them come out to do well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is kind of also one of the values of having a good head coach is that like you make your coordinators better. Yeah. I mean, Tomlin came in, I don't know, sometime around like 2006, give or take a year or two. Um, The only good coordinators, Dick LeBeau and, and Bruce Arians are holdovers from Bill Cower, um, and it's just gotten worse and worse as things have gone on. You know, Todd Haley was pretty good. He might have been a holdover. Um, nailed it, by the way. Huh? Two thousand six. Sweet. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, fucking Randy Fickner was a disaster. Matt Canada has been a disaster. Like it's just been downhill from from here or from there. Um. But the teams have been successful, so it's hard to say. But yeah. Uh, sorry, actually, I was wrong. Two thousand six, he was the DC of the Vikings. Oh seven was his first season in Pittsburgh. That's um, fine. Yeah, before his time as the DC of the Vikings, he was the defensive backs coach of the Buccaneers. Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he has worked under Brad Childress, Tony Dungy, and John Gruden. And he has employed Bruce Arians, Brian Flores, Todd Haley, Dick LeBeau, Dude. and Mike Munchak. One, Mike Munchak. I miss him dearly. Uh, he was an amazing offensive line coach. Um, two, bring in John Gruden to be the OC. I know he did something really bad 
I don't know if it was like really bad. Pretty sure he did a racist. Ah, damn. Yeah, yeah. I think it was one of those. I was hoping it was like taxes or something. No, I think it was a racism. Yeah. Don't like that. Don't love that. Yeah. Yeah, no good. But anyway, we've been going for a bit. Let's wrap things up. Uh, so we probably won't be recording this Sunday either. So, but maybe next Sunday we'll get back on track with the two episodes. Weekly, I do miss our weekend conversations. I do too. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this Sunday is the Super Bowl, so we'll be busy. Um, See. Yeah. So anyway, next Wednesday, we'll get back onto it. So next Thursday, we'll have an episode for you. So keep an eye out for it. Uh, in the meantime, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. You can follow Corwin on Twitter. You can do so at Corwin Heller. You can follow myself on Twitter. You can do so at Joshua D. Tracing. If you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at JuicingPod. And if you would, uh, no, that was it. Yeah, at JuicingPod, at gmail.com. There you go. Uh, and until next time, y'all have a good one. Bye.